0: Hi everyone this is katherine adams and elizabeth wallace and you're listening to binary system podcast number 53 and tonight we're recapping welcome to night Vale number 94 and 95 this week is a twofer because we were so horrendously behind yep that, that's fine but jamming as much content as we possibly can into one podcast yeah that's it so the first episode that we listened to was number 94 which is called all right I would classify that episode as a gimmick episode. Very much so, and I kind of wish I had been listening to it when it was dark. We... This, since we didn't want to listen to two episodes in a row while we were sitting together on Skype, we each listened to 94 by ourselves, and I was watching it on a bright, sunshiny day while I was doing stuff in my kitchen. So, And I, yeah. I don't know that I was able to get the unsettlingness that they were going for in the podcast. You know, uh, considering the fact that I listened to it kind of uh, in a darkened area with the headphones on, did everything they said I was supposed to do, I still don't think I got the unsettlingness that they were going for, so yeah, I don't but know. I also... Well, they wanted you to listen to it with one headphone in and one out, and they would keep changing the headphone because you had to have one headphone out so that you would be able to listen for the thing that was crawling up behind you. And I you know, every time they said to identify a noise, a particular noise that's around you, and that could be the sound of the strange creature that's running loose and is going to kill somebody before the end of the podcast, it was either Nathan listening to Celtic music in the other room or Loki meowing for food. Neither of which is particularly creepy, but it's not really Night Vale's fault. Were you able to identify any unsettling noise that it could possibly have been the creature? No, I tried hard. Mostly what I hear outside my window is the occasional car passing, so that's not particularly spooky. Oh, I, I can hear the refrigerator clicking on and off sometimes. So no, I tried. I really did. I really did go for it. But yeah, it was an okay episode. I guess. Know, it was very much standalone. It didn't reference any ongoing storyline, as far as I could tell whatsoever. It didn't nope. talk about Hiram. It didn't talk about old woman Josie. It was just one of those things that could be a showcase for you to tell your friends, oh, you've never listened to Night Vale? Well, maybe you could listen to this. You don't need to know anything else about this podcast before listening to this one. Yeah, I think if I was going to suggest for somebody to listen to an episode of Night Vale if they never listened to one before, I don't know. I What? Is there a particular episode you would have? Oh, Probably um, one of the ones like the the phone line one with the power company. That oh, great yeah, one. that would be a very yeah, good one. And a lot of the of a lot of the early ones, I think. But I yeah. saw on Nightvale Citizens the Facebook page, someone was saying that they were part way through the first season, and they said they'd never be able to get through all of these in order to listen to the most recent ones, so would anyone recommend that they just go ahead and skip them? And I didn't even look at that, because it was like, me, judging you, no, you're not supposed no. to skip any episodes at all. If you were to skip episodes, then by the time we got that climactic episode with, he's holding a cat, it wouldn't mean as much to you. You really, it's, you just have to get the entire story, but I understand that it's kind of, that's a wait. I mean, we are now, as of this past week's episode, 90 95 episodes in, not counting bonus episodes here and there. So it's a lot to wade through, but that's just what you got to do. Yep. I wonder if they're going to have a big shebang when they hit 100. I'm sure. Sh- oh, God, I would hope they would. Or else they're just going to be like us and <laughs> be like, hey, it's our 50th episode. We're not really doing anything for it. Yay, 50. <laughs> yeah, for them, it's it's 100. That may mean something to other people, but not to us in Night because vale, we're different. Actually, yeah, watch. They just do some kind of like monumentally milestone episode for like 104 that would be exciting <laughs> yeah i think so <laughs> yeah i don't think there was anything in 94 that really stood out so much no, no. i'm not really sure i liked the weather that week it was plow by speedy ortiz a little i don't know a little hard to get into i suppose didn't make much of an impression on me at all really no no Moving no. right along number <laughs> 95 that's zookeeper and we had zookeeper joanna ray uh, was bringing animals in to the Nightvale radio station, and who did we have playing Joanna Ray? It was Felicia Day. So that's yeah. that's quite a bit of stunt casting right there. Yeah, that's pretty odd. I shouldn't be surprised that she would want to do a Nightvale episode. She is just that kooky. Well, she she is the fans' fan, isn't she? I mean, she's yeah, just she one really of those is. awesome people who's also a fan of many other things. So. Yes. So and she did a great job. She brought in some chickens to the radio station, which uh, to the untrained look a lot like raccoons except they've got antennas, too. And and lots of spiny legs, I think. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what chickens look like in Nightvale. Cecil was also a little surprised that they weren't mythical. Yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. And uh, she also explained that they were mortal, which is how zookeepers describe animals that will eventually die. And so then there was a whole story from Cecil about how his mom taught him about death with a animal out back that his mom had killed by dropping a rock on it because his mom's big joker and drops rocks on things. So, <laughs> oh, dear. God. She also explained that zookeepers have to explain to people all the time about animals not being mythical and how they do it is when guests at the zoo are walking around with their blindfolds on then zookeepers assistants will jump out shouting i'm real (laughs) that's that's awesome that also sounds like a great halloween costume you don't have to dress up as anything at all just jump out at people going i'm real Uh, We heard a little bit about Old Woman Josie. I know a lot of people have been concerned. She did fall and break her hip the other day. Uh, Turns out Old Woman Josie has children. Have we ever heard anything about her children before? Nothing. Not even one word. I'm sure of it. Oh, man. Well, her daughter's in town, Alondra, and uh, wants to take care of her mother because of course her mother is living alone even though Old Woman Josie insists that she has lots of angels named Erica staying with her and taking very good care of her, but of course, since no one is allowed to acknowledge the existence of angels, that means old woman Josie is living alone. Kareem, right. intern Kareem, <laughs> is not getting it. He's not supposed to acknowledge the existence of angels, but he gets really huffy when people deny the existence. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense considering the fact that he just denies the existence of time-traveling trains, but he says that angels are real. Obviously, Kareem is unhinged. Does he come from some other part? He, like... Desert Bluffs, outside of the whole area, he really doesn't seem to catch on to things. He's almost starting to remind me a little bit of Steve Carlsberg. Oh, oh, my God. No, I want to hear a conversation between Kareem and Steve Carlsberg. I, I think really do. Awesome. Yes. yes. <laughs> they all like recognize the lines in the sky and what they're pointing at. And, oh, uh, my yeah, goodness. That great. that or Steve is just going to irritate Kareem like he irritates everybody else. One or the yeah. other. It's not. There's not going to yeah. be any middle ground on that. Not at all. Uh, quick note about traffic. The roads are clear today. This means that things are horrifically tangled because the roads are transparent and nobody can see them. Get <laughs> it? Clear. Ah. <laughs> that was awesome. I love that. Uh, we had a word from our sponsors, which is Starbucks, and it's yes. uh telling everybody to feel great. Uh, Make sure you feel great before you go into the store and before you buy any coffee because it's not up to Starbucks to make you feel great and all of your negativity is just going to bring everybody down and they're all going to stand outside with their arms linked, banning you from entering, telling you to improve your attitude before you get coffee. There you go. Yeah, so the the tagline was, Starbucks, cool your hot mess before you show your face around here. (laughs) So. Now you just, just I love the way they did that, because you could see Cecil just getting progressively angrier and angrier that people would dare to go into a Starbucks and not feel great before they got their coffee. I imagine Starbucks. Can you imagine Starbucks employees listening to this episode being like, yay, this is us. <laughs> So Joanna, by the way, also brought in a bunch of tarantulas, which there is a zoo what is it a zoo education program it's actually educating the tarantulas and they've taught all of their tarantulas to read they can't talk or write but they can all read yeah they uh, rehabilitate animals and that includes both animals that have been hurt and animals that have been tragically (laughs) undereducated Yes, yes. And all the tarantulas she brought in, they all had names. She said, but I can't find Helen. Oh, look, there she is. She's on the back of your collar, Cecil. The noise that Cecil made was really awesome. He was trying trying to laugh and still be positive and it was still the whole, oh my God, get it off of my neck. (laughs) We uh, got an update about... The fact that there's a lot of five-headed dragons running around now. There's Hiram's sister Hadassah and then her two associates. And I think there may be more of them, but yeah, it's starting to cause some damage. The uh, movie theater owner says that they take up like 20 seats at once and then they block everybody's view in the theater, which I'm listening is going, well, as long as they don't talk during the movie, then that's fine. We could work something exactly out fine. then, you know. Each of them also brings their own five heads with them, so I'm sure there's probably a lot of chatting going on. Could be, yeah. And uh, the uh, bowling alley's having some trouble because they're having to buff all the scratches out every single time the five-headed dragons come in, and that's you know, kind of trouble, except for Cecil and his team, because, you know, Old Woman Josie still has to recuperate, so when they canceled the latest game, I think that meant they won by default? I don't know if they won by default, or at least they just gave them more time for Old Woman Josie to recuperate until the next game, but, you know. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, Cecil reminded everybody in Nightfall vale, you really need to be polite to newcomers in town. The way to be polite is to point at them and politely shout, Interloper! at them. So that's <laughs> Nightfall vale etiquette. Yeah, and to follow them home every day going, Where are you going? What are you doing now? So then uh, we went back to Joanna and she was telling Cecil about her experiences with dragons. In the end, it sounds like she and a dragon just recently had a very nasty breakup. So our, our hearts go out to Donna out there, the Donna, dragon, whatever. I don't think it was a pretty breakup. No, I, I'm not sure Joanna's really good at breaking up. Because I think Donna, whoever she was, whichever five-headed dragon she was, kind of had to lay down the law about, we need our space. <laughs> it's very sad. Also kind of hilarious. Of course. But, but uh, she's... I was thinking that she was reacting against this in the next segment about the breakup, but it turns out it was something completely different because, you know, she's been showing Cecil all these things, like the really adorable piglets and the chickens, and uh, then she brings in a steer, and he, Cecil's like, oh, wow, so with such majestic horns and such amazing wings, which... I think that's really awesome. Fan artists, get on that. (laughs) I love the idea of a steer with wings. But all throughout this, there's been this like growling noise that Cecil hears, but Joanna doesn't want to acknowledge. Well, it got really, really bad here. And Joanna turned into some kind of great big predator cat and started eating the steer and then started eating the chickens and then... Cecil's horror, she started going after the piglets, and Cecil had to take us really quickly to the weather. The weather this week was Coffee by Sylvan Esso, and I kind of liked it. I mean, it started out with a really weird beat in the beginning, you know, a lot of syncopated rhythm, just very off-putting in a way, but, I, but by the time the chorus came in, I kind of liked it. Well, it didn't make much of an impression on me this time, I think because I was yeah. wondering what the heck Joanna was doing eating all the animals. But... Yes, exactly. Which we found out when we got back, uh, Joanna wasn't angry and she hadn't like lost control either. She's a shapeshifter and she intentionally takes the form of a giant predator cat when she eats because people get really disturbed if she eats a giant steer while still looking like a human. And I'm like... That's actually kind of considerate. It is very considerate. So, because I would yeah. be rather disturbed to see a human being eating an entire steer in one sitting. That would uh, be, yeah. be a little horrifying, I think. But yeah, so. she did want Cecil to, you know, not be so discriminatory against shapeshifters because she's yeah. just the form that she decides to wear. And Cecil said, well, you know, that sounds like it'd be really useful to be able to turn into different shapes as a zookeeper. And Joanna thought about that for a second. She said, you know, I've only ever used my shape-shifting power to eat my lunch, but that's a very good idea. She pointed out that the forms that she takes to do various things are just the same way where she's like, you know, I'm sure you wear a kind of clothing when you're at home or on vacation, but you wear a different set of clothing when you're at work. And he said, oh, yeah, I have my usual basic things, except today's plastic poncho Wednesday. And I'm like, there I go, more. That's a cosplay bait right there. Yeah, so, but he did yeah. say that his usual working attire was a cummerbund and a pair of capri pants. Yeah, I really think they're taunting the cosplayers with this one every time. <laughs> every time they list something, I think they're... They're just daring somebody to be like, here's a new Cecil costume for you. And Like like maybe one out of a hundred people that you would see at a convention would know what the heck that was supposed to be. But it would be great oh. if you ran into that one person. Oh, yeah. But that was the end of the episode, except as usual, you know, we got the proverb was done and all the announcements and everything. And I look at the recorder, I'm like, uh, still 20 more seconds. And <laughs> We got this hilarious bit at the end. It was Felicia Day doing as many different animal and eating things sound effects as she could cram into 20 seconds and it was really <laughs> funny <laughs> it was awesome she's hilarious and then of course she laughs at the end which is even better she totally cracked herself up <laughs> so yeah that was very cute. i thought that was a cute episode a little bit yeah. talking a little bit about the overarching storyline of nightvale but otherwise very good standalone episode i thought yeah nice stunt casting going on right there with flaysha day that was great <laughs> Um. In other news, I oh, I feel like I should be in mourning. I read the last episode. Uh, last episode. I read the last issue of More Than Meets the Eye, uh, number fifty-seven. Yes. Yeah, no, no. Well, I'm not happy that it's ending, and we still haven't heard why they're choosing to completely end it rather than. I don't know. You know, I just really just don't. continue. Because now I can't remember. You didn't mention this, and I know you read yours issues online. Did you read the little note that uh, Roberts had at the end of yes. the, the issue? Yes. He was definitely trolling the readers at one point. He was saying how, yay, this just wrapped everything up. It's all the things are wrapped up. Isn't that great? Why are you guys screaming at me? It's not wrapped up. No, it isn't He's wrapped got, up. There's got a lot of stuff to answer. So they're still continuing on. But you said you couldn't quite figure out what the heck was going on in that storyline. I did think it, ra- it was rather odd that in the final episode of More Than Me, Meets the Eye, you really didn't have any one of the major cast members of the More Than Meets the Eye story, and you didn't even have the artist who has been working on the series from the start. So weird decision, guys. You guys are going to have to make this up to me. Honestly, might have been good to end it on um, 55. That was the one with Ravage and uh, Megatron and all that. And I just, I mean, that was like the pinnacle moment. And then we just had a couple issues where it kind of went, meh. Kind of tying it into the whole thing with Sentinel Prime, which they said in this episode... Episode, I keep doing that. In this issue, yeah. Sentinel Prime was killed. I don't think Sentinel Prime was killed at all. No, no, we didn't see a body. I mean, it's even when you see a body in comic books, you can't always guarantee that they're really dead, but we didn't see a body. They dropped him down into a giant thruster canyon thing. Um, we saw no body. We saw nothing hit the ground. He's not dead. No, he really isn't. But Yeah, I thought it was parts of it were cute. I did, it was the usual uh, Roberts trick of doing that sort of timey-wimey thing with people's memories where they're remembering something, but it's kind of been messed with. So the line is different. So uh, yeah, yeah, I did like that. I did kind of like the four of them. I mean, as long as you're going to end it kind of anticlimactically, the four of them are cleaning transformation cogs at the end. They literally have their elbows up to, you know, up to the elbows in suds cleaning things at the end and kind of sniping at each other and talking about how they hate endings. (laughs) And I'm like, all right. And did you see the uh, the code in the uh, the screen yes. afterwards? There yeah, was yeah. MT and the more than meets the eye, and then 2012 to 2016 buried in all that code there. Yep, that was cute. But eh, that's the end of that. I did watch the final episode of The Night Manager. Oh, what'd you think? Oh, boy, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that was really fun. I, I found a great article and I posted it onto Facebook. Back in April, when the series aired somebody on uh, the Hollywood Reporter, I think, HollywoodReporter.com, can't remember. Look on our Facebook page, I have a link. They were looking at the show and wondering, I mean, it's got flaws. I mean, it really does. I mean, the idea that here you've got Hugh Laurie's character who is like the biggest badass and just completely untouchable by anybody, but he really buys Tom Hiddleston's story with very minor suspicion all the way through. Right, I mean, this is somebody who his very survival depends on always being one step ahead of everybody else, and he does that consistently through the entire series. He's always yeah. planning for some eventuality and making sure he can duck away. Totally believes that Tom Hiddleston's character is loyal to him, and yes. there's just so many red flags. And They're really. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, but that's fine, because you got to see Pew laurie bonding with Tom Hiddleston, so who wouldn't like that? That is never a bad thing. I liked how the author of the article was talking about how Tom Hiddleston, the idea of him being some kind of, like, badass, tough guy, you know, would kill anybody. She's like, he's clearly more of a lover than a fighter. <laughs> <just not> so <laughs> the idea of him being this badass, evil person is about as believable as the idea of Tom Hiddleston playing anybody who's lonely. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> Very true. It's yeah, true. to to be a real badass, uh, in other movies, they've had to make him a brunette, which I think is kind of odd. But yeah, yeah. It is, it's true. But yeah. But at the same time, what I loved was that the author is pointing out all these flaws and basically saying, but I really don't care because I just enjoyed the hell out of it. It was very fun. It was extremely pretty. It's it's nice to see somebody being like, this was wrong, this was wrong, this was wrong. I don't care. I still like it." And they also pointed out, how much was it? Was it six episodes long? Yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah. article mentioned that that was one of the things that helped it succeed because yes. a... TV sh- series that ran for an enfi- entire season, that storyline probably, with those flaws, wouldn't have been able to sustain an entire season. Six episodes in and out, fine. It's great. Everybody yeah. enjoys what you have, and then it's done, and you don't have a chance to get bored with it. Yeah, which is exactly, I finally did. I had it on in the background, not trying to watch it deliberately, but just wanting to finish it up. I finally watched all of Miracle Day, Torchwood Miracle Day. Oh, and? It's, Dreadful from beginning to end, but it's also just too long. And it was 10 episodes. Uh. And yeah, it five probably would have maybe been okay because you could feel them pulling out every scene like Taffy to make up that time. It just wasn't, unfortunately, not very good. That's uh, a shame. Yeah. Uh, in other news, we are just about ready to have our cosplays and take them to New York Comic Con because Woo-hoo! we've gotten a lot of the... This- stuff that we need for it. I mean, I've got yeah. uh, our friends Megan and Jennifer are just about finished tailoring my jacket, which is really awesome of them. And they aren't even charging me, which I'm going to have to get them something nice at Comic-Con. And nice. um, uh, I've got the shoes. I've got my uh, the red shoes for the doctor. Uh, Nathan is loaning me a white shirt and a red tie so I can have that. Nice. And he also went to Barnes & Noble and he got me... <laughs> A sonic screwdriver, a 10th Doctor sonic screwdriver, because it actually it pops up a little bit, and uh, it has a little pen on the bottom with a UV nib, which means you write invisibly on the wall, and then you shine the light from the sonic screwdriver on it, and you can read it. Oh, that's awesome. That's very cool. Well, yes, I have, just today, I went out and um, JCPenney, because I'm a big spender, they had a 50% off sale on these vests, so I got me, because I'm going to do the 11th Doctor, I believe it's his costume, from the 50th anniversary special. So instead of wearing the white shirt and the suspenders and the brown coat, it's actually a purple coat and a gray vest with a light blue shirt. And so I've got all that together and what arrived from Amazon today, but yay! (laughs) <laughs> An 11th Doctor Sonic screwdriver. so and I've got a fez. I have a fez, so I'm all good. It was it was the cheapo party city fez, but I do not care. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I, in a way, I'm a little disappointed that I wasn't able to find a brown striped suit for the 10th Doctor because in the 50th anniversary thing, when the two Doctors were on the same screen together, he was wearing the brown suit. But that's fine because the chances of me finding a suit that fits as close as it does and it looks like something the 10th Doctor has actually worn... I ain't complaining. No, and um, yeah, I'm in the same boat because, you know, here I am, I'm doing the 11th Doctor's 50th anniversary outfit, but he did not wear the fez during that, but I don't care because it's way more obvious what you are if you wear the fez. And that's my biggest thing. I I just kind of played fast and loose with the rules because let's face it, I just, I wanted to wear the vest more than the suspenders. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I really need is a pair of 3D glasses, but the ones that I ordered off of Amazon won't be here until November 7th, because I didn't check, and yes, I got a really good deal for several of them for only a couple dollars, and they are literally on a slow boat from China. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, we found found some backup ones on Amazon Prime, so we're probably going to snag those. Yeah, in which case I'll have more. (laughs) because yeah. <laughs> the original pack the original pack had had ten of them, and the one that you found for me has three so <laughs> I'm going to have all so does anyone need any 3D glasses for a Doctor Who cosplay because I got spares there you go you're going to put them up on Amazon and everybody's going to have them for their Halloween costume they really Don't. will that or I will just toss them by the handful to people in the crowds at uh, Comic Con oh, yeah, yeah. uh, if they arrived <laughs> if they arrived before Comic Con which they aren't oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah sorry, oh, yeah, sorry uh, about that I guess that, that doesn't That doesn't hold up. Uh, Never mind. No, it doesn't. (laughs) But that wraps us up for the week. Make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com. If you jump on pixelatedgeek.com right now, several of us have put up articles related to New York Comic Con. Various publishers send us their schedules for their signings and exclusives and panels. And so we're trying to like... Branch out, because we always cover the hell out of San Diego Comic-Con, but we're trying to branch out a bit and cover some more, you know, there's a hell of a lot of conventions that go on all over the country, and the world, too. Do you know there's a comic book convention that goes on in Edinburgh? Is there really? I want to go. Yes, there is. Yeah, me too. That's, uh, we're going to have to make that a thing. But, but there's also going to be a lot of Halloween-themed stuff going on, because, of course, yes. it's October, so I will be doing nothing but spooky book reviews for the month, and I'm starting with The War of the Worlds, which I know is technically science fiction, but it's also a little horrifying. Yes, And over on Lost in Sci-Fi Podcast, Leland's Idea, there is one episode about scary Star Trek episodes, and that'll be coming up, Uh, let me see, no, actually, first, if you check out the one, uh, it's in the future for us, but it's in the past for you guys, because time is weird, but we have an episode going up about alien abduction, which scares me not even a little bit, so that made it kind of fun, because we're like, I have a hard time believing that this is actually a thing, but. I don't know I, I, Leland's a little scared about the robots taking over is that would that be a, an episode that he wants to do I don't know it, it just comes into so because we did the Ex machina podcast and we did a podcast about I think just artificial intelligence in general and that definitely comes up but he mentions that in the podcast we're talking about like on a scale of one to ten where one is stubbing your toe and 10 is Trump getting elected <laughs> you know how much does this stuff scare you uh, <laughs> definitely the robots taking over is much higher ah that's very interesting it doesn't bother me at all but You know, I went through high school kind of wishing that the Decepticons would swoop in and drag me off to hard labor on Cybertron, because it'd be better than writing those damn papers. Yes, exactly. So we are definitely going to record something while we're at New York Comic Con in New York City. Uh, Whether or not we get it edited in time for next week is totally up in the air. So... You know, depending on uh, what our schedules are like, look out for pictures from New York Comic Con and we will see everybody in one week or maybe two weeks. Maybe. Because you know how we are. We're specific. (laughs) Talk to y'all later.